It's January, which means it's time to start getting excited about the disappointing reveals at the New York Toy Fair. This is the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 99, for the week of Wednesday, the 8th of January, 2014. I'm Ben, and sitting in the chairs with me tonight are... Scott. And Adam. And this episode is brought to you by Superpower Collectibles and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our Toy of the Week is Bowen Designs Double Header as we check out the new Hobgoblin and Modern Rogue statues. And our discussion topic is a toy history of DC's Emerald Archer, Green Arrow. Gentlemen, has the week been kind to you? Uh, define kind. <laughs> well, you're here with us, so you've I'm, survived. Are you I've intact? Survived. I've yes, intact. I've. Uh, <laughs> this is a uh, family Christmas where all of my American family, um, of which there are not many, have been here, and um, some are still here. And uh, yeah. That's this is um this is where you when you built your house you had should have had a secret man cave that was hidden behind a bookcase. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we we uh, had that in the initial plans and then it was cut for budgetary reasons. No, look, it's all good. It's actually the first time in I think twelve or thirteen years that my uh, sibling and parents and I have all had Christmas together in the same house. Wow! Um, so that's really you know it is it's really cool. Yeah. Um, and it, just visitors for extended periods has its moments, but. Um, I don't get to see my parents very often, and so it has been pretty cool and cool for them to spend time with their uh, grandchildren as well. Yep. Um, but back to work on Monday and uh, <laughs> start to get back into a bit of routine. The peace and quiet, the solitude. Yes. Actually, <laughs> it was very cute. You know, my parents are 81, and they're they're doing really well. But I actually took them into my office yesterday and um, – just to kind of show them around and some of our younger kind of support people and developers were there because they weren't on holidays and they were so nice to my parents it was really it was really cute like in the end i had to go like okay what do you let this guys get back to work now come on let's go like <laughs> do you want to borrow them for the yeah i don't know it was quite, yeah. i could have put them on the phone and got them doing support that would have been fun nice, nice <laughs> hey nice. Adam, adam's here as well by the way what you been doing uh, not much apart from Christmas, um, for the first week of Christmas break. And then we went to the Gold Coast this week for four days. Nice. Mm. Did that correspond with an event of any kind or was it just recreational? Uh, no, we're just going up for New Year's Eve. So we went up the day before New Year's Eve, so on the 30th, um, and then came back yesterday. Hang on. Yesterday? What's today? Saturday. Thursday. Today is Saturday. <laughs> All day. That's right. It is. It is. Yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, Mr. Ben, how about you? Yeah, pretty good day, pretty good day. We, um, Mrs. Shake and I decided that our girls would 
should probably start sitting at the table with us for dinner. They've got a small table and chairs they, they use for their meals, but uh, dinner seems to be the, the wild and crazy meal, so we thought they could <laughs> sit up at the big table with us. But um, we, we've got a formal dining room, but we've got a, a meals area off the kitchen which has a, a table and I guess you'd call sort of picnic benches and stools on each end, and they don't have backs on them. And um, the first time we tried it, it ended in disaster. So we, uh, we bought six chairs and had them delivered today, and the chairs came... So if you put a chair on the ground and then you flip one upside down and put it on that chair, and so the chairs came in three boxes, two to a box, and uh, I was looking at the box and I thought, gosh, that that's a rather large box. And I thought, hmm, okay. So I dragged it into the, the living room where the kids play and I, you know, I used a knife to sort of cut a flap for a window and then I cut a, a hole in the roof and they played in it for hours. <laughs> like there's, there's literally piles of crap that they got for Christmas um, you know, everything you can think of from, from sort of Duplo to Barbie and all this sort of stuff. And they just played with a cardboard box for hours on end. And yep. I'm now thinking back, you know, they have the, um, the, the toy hall of fame. We talk about every, mm-hmm. every year and, you know, they vote in some really odd things and yes. cardboard box, you know, got in a few years ago. So that was kind of fun oh, to see too. It is so true that, you know, you spend all this time and money on stuff for them. And the reality is that when they're that age, they're just as happy with the cardboard. It's very cute. Absolutely. And it goes for any box. Like if I get something delivered and, you know, we're going to be talking about the, the Bowen statues later and, and I open the box and I take the the Bowen box out of the big box. And, of course, I'm left with a cardboard box full of those little sort of beanie things. And that's it. They, they have to have it. And uh, mm, though I haven't handed over any of those styrene things because I know I'll be picking them up for weeks. Oh, don't. And and also, if you're me, when I was... (laughs) When I was in third grade, my, I worked at the same. I worked. I went to the same school that my mum worked at, and so I had long afternoons waiting for her. And so one day, of course, you know, she had like library books that had arrived or something in her room packed with packing peanuts. And so what did I do? I shoved one of them so far into my ear <laughs> that I couldn't get it out, <laughs> and we had to go to the doctor. To like have my ear drained. (laughs) (laughs) His balance has never been the same. Uh, Oh dear. Well, before we descend too much into childhood disasters, I've got many more embarrassing stories. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We should talk about some news. Oh, okay. Uh, But I'm hilarious. Impossible. The Hall of Justice under attack. Batman behind bars. New from Kenner's Superpowers Collection. Hall of Justice playset. Some assembly required. Vehicles and figures sold separately. Well, before we get to our main features, we start each episode with a bit of news and articulated news is where we discuss the latest events and announcements in the toy and collectibles world. We are not a comprehensive toy news service. These are just the stories that relate to the things we're interested in and have caught our eye this week. Scott, what are the things you're interested in and have caught your eye this week? Well, the first thing that's caught my eye this week is something that I'm definitely not interested in, (laughs) (laughs) and that is the DC Collectibles Arkham City Clayface. Now, obviously, being a classic comics person, uh, the Arkham City video game restylings don't really do it for me, Um, but this one I really think is horrible um, because it just... It's to me. It's anti the whole idea of what Clayface is, and he's got weird. I don't know. They almost look like icicles or something sticking out of his back. Mm. And so, yeah, 
no. I mean, like, it's beautifully designed. No, no criticism about the figure. You know, it's it's um, really nicely sculpted. But if that's the video game design, well, blah. But he, he's monstrous too. He's huge. Yeah, he's bigger. Like, he's uh, 13 inches tall. So he's the biggest one they've done so far. Um, and the ugly. Oh, I don't know. The clown Joker is pretty mm. freaky. Um, but, like, that killer croc is cool. The Grundy, German as Grundy, is awesome. Mm. Um, and that just, I w- if I looked at that without knowing it was supposed to be Clayface, I wouldn't even think it was Clayface. Yeah, it, it does take away the essence of Clay's face, doesn't it? Like yeah. you, you know that that whole sort of sloppy mud pile that yeah. you're just so familiar with. Yeah, um, I, yeah. So boo hiss, um, but I'm sure that Arkham City collectors are really excited and good for them. And in other DC collectibles news, the DC All Access video series, Jim Fletcher does, uh, you know, previews and. Um, sneaks and they've done a video which does a preview of the new 52 7 inch Orion figure um, which is faithful to his new 52 costume and comes with a flip up helmet so that you can see uh, his face which uh, looks a little bit Kirby-esque actually um, so yeah you know, good, good fun if you're enjoying collecting um, those then I'm sure you'll be very happy. Yeah, I feel like such a party pooper, like I'm always bagging out DC New, but this one just really feels like one of those, let's just do it for the sake of doing it. I just My issue with this redesign is that, to me, it, it looks like a Star Trek Command uniform, tar- charted up. It does, and you know, it, it doesn't come across as alien it looks like something um you know one of those people who ride around on high-powered japanese motorcycles yeah would wear. yeah the, the helmet's cool um but it's not my favorite redesign i you know i'm not anti new 52 even though i'm not really reading it i'm i don't have a problem with you know the with redesigning stuff because these characters are um you know they've been around for a long time and they need to find a new audience and that's all cool so i i don't have any in principle issue with the redesigns this is not one of my favorites though um but i'm not really collecting these anyway so there you go um now hot toys uh this one is a gonna be really interesting to see the price on i think (laughs) this is the dark knight batman armory with bruce wayne and alfred and holy moly Holy moly! This is the kind of thing that um, you know. If you if you don't already have a Hot Toys movie Batman, then this is and you love the series and you're really rich or prepared to sell an organ. Mm. This is for you because mm. it comes with a uh, a Batman and a Alfred and a Batman armory. Hooly dooly. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, that Bruce Wayne is impeccably done. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Look, it's just the whole thing. So there's different options here. There is a set um, that is with, comes with uh, Bruce and Alfred, or I think you can get it with just Alfred and Batman if you don't want Bruce. Mm-hmm. So you can get just the armory as well. Oh, can you? Yeah, Big oh. Bad have all three options up, and they have prices. Oh, well, hello. 
Do you want to know what they are? I would like to know what they are, please, yes. It is. Um, the Armoury by itself is $385. Ow, US. ow, ow. Alfred and the Armoury are $525. Oh, <gasps> yeah. The full lot, it's $625. Wow. And it's already sold out. Yeah. It's already pre-ordered. So is it up for order on Sideshow? I haven't checked. Holy dooly. Well, that's not actually bad for three Hot Toys figures. Yeah, I guess, yeah. And, uh, and that, that armory is a piece of yeah, art. with the armory. Yeah, it's the kind of thing because I guess where I'm sitting with Hot Toys movie stuff now is that, you know, like I don't – at the moment I have a Luke Skywalker for my – I have a complete Hot Toys Star Wars collection. <laughs> so do I. Yeah. So do I. You've yeah. got them all as well. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, but we're not bitter. And um, then I've got the Christopher Reeve Superman and the Avengers Hulk. And so, and I'm okay with that because it's like, you know, kind of highlights of stuff. Mm. Um, and so this, I mean, I mean, I'm obviously not going to buy this set because I like having two kidneys and my children have <laughs> repeatedly refused to share any of theirs. Mm. Um, but I think this would be so, this would be so cool as a, like a whole diorama yeah, display yeah. kind of thing. You know, I just yeah. think it'd be so cool. Yeah. And I think if you had any skills whatsoever, being able to sort of even build a bit of a, uh, a two foot by two foot backdrop, you know, to to put this in would just be amazing. Yeah, and and the the Michael Caine likeness is awesome. Mm. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, we've seen they've done Christian Bale before and done him really well. Michael Caine likeness is awesome, and holy moly, very cool. <laughs> so uh, that's the exciting Hot Toys news, and then oh, yeah. you know, there was this little series of films called Iron Man, you know, didn't, didn't do too well. Uh, you know, I don't know why it's gotten any collectibles, but, um, you know, Hot Toys is obviously taken pity on this and decided to make one or two, uh, figures from this obscure movie line. Um, and the 729 billionth Hot Toys Iron Man <laughs> figure uh. <laughs> is Star Boost. Which, you know, I vividly don't remember from the movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I can't even be bothered bitching about it. Like, I've just, look, you know, if you're collecting these, fantastic. But for a company with so much potential, such as yeah. the Star Wars license, to putting all this effort into these figures that, that, existed for nanoseconds and as you said we don't even remember this one in the film i haven't remembered no. any of these but according to the press release it became a fan favorite among all the armors from the house party protocol mm. Mm. Oh. but something else that somebody noted that uh they're actually significantly behind on their releases so there's um uh, that the, there's hot toys iron man armors that were meant to come out six months ago that still haven't shipped so, you know, you might want to actually focus on getting stuff out. Rather than just get, mm. taking pre-orders. Yeah. That's but right. probably the reason they keep doing it is they can reuse so much of it every time. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, it looks like a lot of tooling on this. It's got that kind of mesh web thing happening, the which I don't remember. Carbon fibery look, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think but we should just even start. So that wouldn't take much to do that because otherwise you look at it and it's basically the standard movie Iron Man armor set with a couple extra bits. Star Boost. I'm going to start giving them stupid names. I'm going to call this one Disco Danger Iron Man. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't think Star Boost is 
Pretty stupid. Yeah, it is. And finally, I'm just going to mention two things that we have seen uh, concept work for, neither of which are up for order yet, um, but are exciting. Um, First of all, uh, Bowen Designs, which, um, as far as I know, has not announced a renewal of their Marvel license yet, which is a tad worrying, Mm. Uh, but they keep... You know, but all signs point to, I'm sure, that it will continue, but we just haven't had that actual sign on the dotted line note yet, which is a concern. Um, they have uh, a Bowen Baron Zemo statue full size in the works pending renewal. Um, incorrectly reported on a couple of sites I've seen as you know, up for order or confirmed, obviously not confirmed at this point because we don't have a confirmation of a, um, yep. the renewal. Uh, but this is a Jason Smith digital sculpt. Jason's one of the, um, the, I guess, most prolific Boeing digital sculptors usually does female characters like one of the statues that we're going to be reviewing later. Um, but this is a nice little departure from him and it's a beautiful looking, um, piece. So I certainly hope that it does get made. Uh, and I'd definitely be up for it. I don't know about you, Ben. Uh, I don't mind. I'm, I'm actually really hoping that the recent action uh, Captain America statue, that they'll do another version. You know, they often tend to tweak it slightly, and so I was hoping for one with a, a lighter blue and without the pouches around his, his waist, and then I'd be really interested in, in getting some of the uh, some of the Cap villains. But, yeah, I, I like Zemo, and this is a nice-looking piece. Yeah, yeah, so uh, certainly looking forward to that. And then really exciting, we have seen the concept work for the Sideshow Wonder Woman premium format statue. Yeah, it looks okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I believe somebody actually sent me a text because um, they oh, were so was, excited about it. That was me, yeah. I just to look back and say, oh, that was you, Ben Mulder. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> oh, man, I, I, I just hope it comes out even 80% as good as those promo shots because she looks gorgeous. Yeah, that, that was just a take my money now moment for me. Yeah, I think that's an instant sellout. That one. Oh yeah, that yeah, and um, and, and it's it's a bit nerve wracking with Wonder Woman because okay, Batman, it's really just about costume, yeah. uh, but you know, with Wonder Woman, it's about selling the the strength, but also the femininity, and um, you know, you you want to get that right sort of level uh, of each of those and you know there's a, a specific sort of look that that people have i mean some people it's the perez some people it's the adam hughes um but just as soon as i saw the the face i just thought wow they just nailed it she she just looks stunning yeah yeah it's it, it's beautiful and it is the thing that uh, to me it's the making of the line because uh, similar things like for example the dc direct 13 inch line to me you know, they totally muffed up wonder woman and that killed the line mm. you know they waited a really long time to bring it out and when they did it was a complete and total joke yeah and i had the opportunity to get her for 20 dollars, and i still passed no i mean te- terrible the first thing i've ever bought that my wife looked at and went not you know i don't like it but that looks really badly done you know like <laughs> you know and and she you know has no concept of these characters but bad bad so i've been worried about this and i'm glad that not only have they you know seemingly nailed it but that they're bringing her out relatively early 
mm-hmm. in the line Absolutely. as well because that just builds confidence, you know, for me. Absolutely. I'm so excited. Yep. <laughs> Agreed. And that's my news. Very good. Yay, me. Mr. Adam, what you got? I have a swag of things to talk about, Mr. Ben. <laughs> uh, we'll start with three zeros. On this whole uh, Mr. Thing, by the way. Can we, uh, just, you know, <laughs> Mr. Adam, Mr. Mr. Ben, respectfully. Oh, I can I can say like represent instead or something. Oh, okay, <laughs> please stay with Mister then. <laughs> anyway. I'm just waiting until we get Mister Mister, but that's okay. Oh dear, carry on, Mister Adam. <laughs> so Three Zero's uh, Walking Deadline has progressed to doing Michonne's uh, pet zombies from. Well, these are based off the show versions rather than comic book versions. Uh, they are one sixth, so they're almost twelve inches tall. Um, disturbingly, they're divided based on their underpant colour. <laughs> they um, are, aren't they? <laughs> they are. It's not right. You can see the top of their, their uh, boxer shorts. I think those are. The, I'm sorry, but if you want to own one six scale versions of these, then you have got problems. Yeah. They, they just look so gross. But I think that's a testament to the designers and, and the people that Correct. that put these figures together because they are so well executed. Like oh, they, they are, they are grotesque in every possible yeah. way. I mean, they, they are. They're they're really well done. But I just cannot get my head around wanting that in like around to look at all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. can't get my head around it. Blah. Anyway, go on, Adam. Uh, thank you. Carry, so, on, carry on until I feel they, like interjecting again. They come with uh, a couple of backpacks, which is uh, Michonne's kit in the show, and they've got chains around their necks. I don't remember the chains being gold in the show, but <laughs> they are here. Okay. Maybe it makes them look gangster or something. I don't know. Whatever the kids are down with these days. Um, they've got jeans on, which are shredded to crap. Again, that, that seems to be what the kids are down with these days. Um, they're also, you know, missing the jaws and the arms, and they've got some gashes on their bodies. I don't know that the kids are down with that these days, but if they are, more power to them. Um, but, yeah, generally they they look like a good representation. Um, nice is not the word that Scott would use, but they it's are a nice, nice representation of, of what they are. Yeah, the word that Scott would use is <laughs> What I actually think is, is hilarious when you look at these figures is it says... Um, 20 points of articulation <laughs> and you go, oh, that, that doesn't seem like much until you realise that, you know, there's no bicep cup, no el- yeah. double elbows, <laughs> no wrists because <laughs> you don't have arms. But, I mean, if this is your thing, you'll be very happy with them because they're beautifully executed. The only thing is what, we don't get any thing, prizes. What, what, amputee porn? That's <laughs> that your thing. Sorry. Very nice. Very Sorry, nice. three zero. Hey. Your gross zombies are cool. Go on. <laughs> So moving right along, we have uh, Metacom have announced that there will be real action heroes style figures for Chun Li and Cammy from Street Fighter Two and upwards. Uh, they're both going to be about twelve inches tall. They will both be released in September twenty fourteen, and they will both go for about uh, two hundred and three US dollars. But considering that the initial announcement was in yen. Uh, that may vary depending on your exchange rates. And they come with loads of interchangeable whatnot, this, that, the other, and effects parts. Interchangeable and... whatnot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if if that's what you're after, get on it. Um, they look about so they... as awkward as the Metacom 
Batman so and Joker. If these are 12 inches yeah. tall, that effectively makes them one six scale. So does that mean if they brought, if they release sort of guys in the series, um, they would be significantly bigger? I mean, I'd have to imagine that someone like Zangief would have to be 15 it's inches huge. tall or yeah. something. They would. Hmm. Well, we'll see. I Very don't nice. like them. Yep. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um. I mean, like, I really don't like the uh, Chun Li head because it really doesn't look like Chun Li. Mm. I don't know. What do you think, Adam? I don't actually mind them. It's just they're not for me. Mm. I mean, I've got the Playouts Kai versions of both girls, so I, yeah. I don't have a need for either of these. Um, my big criticism of Chun Li is that her thighs aren't big enough. But that's just me, apparently. <laughs> he, he likes some junk in the trunk. <laughs> well, you got would thunder thighs, right? Thunder thighs, so exactly. Well, the um, <clears throat> Play Arts one did that really well, I think. Yeah, that was like ninety percent of the figure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving along, <laughs> uh, we have an announcement that three D systems have acquired Gentle Giant. Uh, so. Bit of background on 3D systems is that they've been around since the 80s. Um, they invented 3D printing, according to them, um, and were the first to commercialise in 1989. Um, they have commercialised various bits and pieces of 3D printing technology, um, and what I get from that is that maybe, just maybe, Gentle Giant will start releasing things a bit in a bit more timely fashion. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like that's Gentle Giant needs a bit of a uh, an overhaul in the, the corporate department to start getting, you know, things together. But mm-hmm. I, I've certainly never heard of 3D systems. So. I, I think that they are actually, like, they are genuinely the um, originators of 3D printing. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I don't know a lot about them. Mm. No. Not commercial 3D printing, but, but like, the, the first 3D printer... Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess we'll see what they can do for us. We shall see. Indeed. Uh, and moving on to yet another piece of Lego slash Lego South Australian news. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the Curiosity, Mars Curiosity rover that was designed through Kusu uh, and got up, I think that got up last year sometime, um, is now available to purchase. It'll cost you $30 and it's 295 Pieces of Lego. Whoa. Yep. See, 295 pieces of Lego is... Not that much. Well, f- for me, as not a, a, I'm not a regular Lego person, so that's largely meaningless to me. It's like when, you know, these companies, they make a model of, say, the, um, the Yamato from Star Blazers, and they go... Oh, it's one ninetieth scale, and it's like, oh, one ninetieth. Well, well, thanks for that. That's really helpful because I know exactly how big a giant space battleship is. Um, <laughs> so telling me it's one ninetieth scale doesn't tell me much. So, you know, when Lego says that it's X number of bricks, uh, I find that fairly meaningless. If they said, you know, the assembled model was uh, twelve centimeters by eight, you know, then that would be helpful. But that's it's just my opinion. Big, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't. Look big. No, it doesn't. No. Um, and I don't think it's yeah. I don't think it's necessarily great value for what it is, but there you go. Hmm. Hmm. Well, maybe get science nerds into Lego. Hey, I think they're already there. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Hmm. Um, final bit of news that I've got is that there are some new power lords being 
released from Four Horsemen Studios through their storehorseman.com store. Uh, so we've got pictures of their first paint samples and apparently the colours and accessories may differ on the final product. So yeah. there's some big green and brown dudes and there's a blue <laughs> dude and a red dude. You know what I really like about you, Adam, is that you always do your research. It's touching. <laughs> hey, look, I don't know anything about Power Lords, so they're not my thing. Well, the, the four-armed guys are based on the, the Griptog um, sculpt, so Griptog is one of the, the Power Lords characters, and I'd say the four horsemen being the four horsemen just build variations, give them different names and different backgrounds, and they really are the masters of casting the same figure in different colours, putting a different head on, and then <laughs> pumping it out through their store. <laughs> um, I mean, we you know we saw that with their Seventh Kingdom stuff, like all those... Um, you know the the elephant dude and the hippopotamus dude and the 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 bull the taurian dudes they were all the exact same armor just different colors with different heads um so i think that's what they've done here they've just extended the range by mixing and matching but you know if you're enjoying the power lords it looks quite fun hmm. <laughs> very nice all right i guess it must be up to me then well, I'll kick things off and say that Diamond Select have uh, shown some promo shots of a Darth Vader and Infinity Gauntlet bottle openers. And hey, they look quite fun. The Darth Vader one's kind of a, a bit of a bust, I guess. It's from the chest up. And you use sort of, like, what would it be? His, uh, his pecs or his abs to, to open your bottles. And the Infinity Gauntlet looks quite spiffy. It looks like it's uh, plated in a gold colour and, uh, you know, the gems actually look like gems, so it's all quite uh, Yeah, I think it's really cool. Yeah, you're looking at about $18 for these. They're about four inches long. The only thing I find odd about this kind of stuff is does anyone have an excessive need for bottle openers anymore? <laughs> well, I mean, look, you know, my wife and I enjoy a glass of wine and I can't even remember the last time we used a... Uh, a corkscrew. Yeah. Because so much wine in Australia is now comes with the screw top lids. Um, yeah. and, and really the same goes for bottle openers. Um, every now and then when you have something and you go, gosh, I actually need a bottle opener to open. Do I even have a bottle opener? Uh, I have to go rummaging through that drawer that everybody has and in the kitchen and find one. But, you know, if you don't have a bottle opener and you need to fill that gap in that drawer, well, here's your opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> You're clearly not drinking the same beer I'm drinking, Ben. <laughs> that's right. True, that's no, true. So I, I'm if just more of a so... beer drinker, then you might you know, have more of a place for it. I'm yeah. so manly, I open the bottles without a bottle opener. With your teeth, right? That's right. Yeah. 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 With my armpit. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Gives it that nice, consistent flavour every time. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right, well, before we uh, descend too far into the uh, to the gutters, let me move on and Thank talk you. about um, some 2014 Marvel Universe Avengers Infinite Series 4-inch figures revealed. And this was one of those really confusing things because Hasbro, the, the masters of marketing, uh, gave us no information whatsoever on this and so none of the uh, usual news sites knew anything about this. Instead, the first time it actually came to anyone's attention is when people saw it advertised in previews, Diamond's um, you know catalogue for comic shops to order. And uh, so it just goes to show how well they really are doing with their uh, their Marvel lines of figures that, that people have to just get the information from 
previews. Well, even better, they got the scale wrong in their previews. Well, that's right. Uh, in in the uh, solicitation, they've mentioned that these are six-inch figures, which confused everybody because there was a Hyperion figure and we sort of all wondered why we were getting another Hyperion figure. Uh, turns out these are actually three and three-quarter. Um, not surprisingly, there's a Captain America in the wave. But guess what? There's also an Iron Man in the wave. Oh, I'm sure God. everybody's thrilled, yeah. Um, was really weird. Uh, wait a minute. Is, is there a Hulk? There is a Hulk. Oh, there is a Hulk. It's, it's that new Hulk where he wears the, um, the unnecessary suit. Um, I, I guess the only real gem in the bunch is uh, the Grim Reaper. Yeah. And fortunately, somehow, he's actually managed to retain his classic costume. Oh, what? Wasp um, hasn't ever been done in Marvel Universe, has she? As I don't only the little teeny tiny yeah yeah so that that's yeah. that's pretty cool too which they seem to have thrown in as well so it looks yeah. like you get a three and three quarter wasp and a, a redo of that itty bitty one so that's a modern wasp in the uh, black and gold costume yeah so yeah, but grim reaper is the pick of the bunch absolutely yeah. absolutely i mean the hulk does look good but you know if you've already got 25 hulks and you're a, a classic um, Marvel person, then you've probably already picked your preferred Hulk, and this one just kind of <laughs> goes into the, you know, the fodder bin. Yeah, well, at least, you know, the good thing about these is at least, you know, there's no builder figure or anything, so if you have the ability to buy them singly, then, you know, for me, I'm just after Wasp, Hyperion, and Grim Reaper, mm. and uh, I, I probably don't need a 7,000th Iron Man. Which we've yeah. had before. Yeah. What's interesting though is that Hyperion is in his black and gold. Uh, sorry, his red and gold costume. So he's not actually representative of the uh, the current version of Hyperion as um, in in uh, Hickman's Avengers. So, but anyway, look, these will set you back uh, about fifteen dollars each, and they should be in stores in March. Yay. And moving on, something incredibly exciting, and that is that the Hasbro's Marvel Superhero Mashers figures have been released, and they look awesome. Said nobody. Said nobody. Um, This appears to be one of those really, really cheap-ass lines that uh, the companies pump out, just sort of fill up slots on the shelf, um, mm. something that looks like it's aimed at the very, very young audience. Um, you've got a bit of a, a cartoon stylized um, figure and I think the, the concept here is they click together in various bits so that if you do go and um, buy four or five figures from the series, you can swap the arms and heads and legs and that's kind of fun. And really, if uh, if you're, you're interested in having a Captain America with Spider-Man's head and the Hulk's arms, then these figures are for you. When I was four, I would have thought that was awesome. Yeah. I think it's a great idea for a kid's toy. Yeah. Oh, it is. They just look, you know, odd. The Hulk looks hilarious. The Hulk looks like he's stoned. He's just got this, whoa, look on his face. <laughs> Hulk need munchies. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, I mean, they, they're all quite awkward. Thor looks a bit strange too, but um, obviously aimed at a very young audience and I think they'll set you back about 20 bucks for the deluxe versions. Mm-hmm. 
So there you go. All right, moving on to some actual good news. Um, this one was pretty good. Sideshow are currently having their 12 Days of Christmas where every day they have something different, either a, a reveal like the Wonder Woman that Scott mentioned before or a competition or something. And uh, one of their reveals was that they actually have the licence to do the new Godzilla movie. This is the uh, the legendary pictures one that's coming out this year. Yeah. Um, something that's very exciting for me because uh, I saw the trailer to the new Godzilla film and basically from what we can see, um, the, the Godzilla model does actually look like it's based on the traditional Godzilla. So unlike that horrendous Attack of the Giant Lizard Monster American film we got some years ago that I refuse to refer to by name, uh, this one actually looks like it's the goods. So um, obviously Sideshow will really um, bring their their A game to this and we'll probably see some pretty cool statues and whatnot. Yeah, that's cool. mm, I'm looking forward to that one. Very exciting for the Godzilla people. Yeah, yeah. And in the last bit of news, Mezco uh, are presenting a stylized Chucky. I'm not sure exactly what a stylized is, given that he's actually based on a kid's doll. Um, this one seems to be even more kind of kid's dolly sort of thing. So, um, yeah, Chucky is one of those ones that just seems to keep on keeping on. There's obviously a new, um, uh, a new Chucky film came out not that long ago. Uh, and so it's another opportunity. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, here. It's um, depressing. Um, yeah, he's had five films now. And look, this one, it's an action figure, so you do actually get uh, some basic articulation. He comes with a knife. Um, and, yeah, I, don't, I just wonder how many different Chuckies you can have because uh, I know, I think it was McFarlane brought out a, a pretty good one a while back, you know, two-pack with, um, it was the Bride of Chucky. But every now and then a company brings out an actual um, Chucky that, that looks like it's straight out of the movie. Like the, the idea is you put it on the shelf and it looks like you've actually got one of the good guy dolls and gone evil. And I, I figure once you've already got that and it's on your shelf, you know, do you really have any overwhelming need for a, another Chucky. but If you're anyway. a Chucky completist, you do. Well, I guess so. And if you are, let us know and we'll apologise. That's right. So. Sorry to all the um, Chucky completists out there. Yeah, but he, he looks good. He's got you know all these scars and he's sewn up and burnt and damaged and ready to keep on fighting the good fight. And, and look, you know, any anyone who um, kills naive and ignorant teenage American, you know... <laughs> Like, that's why I'm a big fan of Jason Voorhees, just the fact that he reduces the gene pool. <laughs> so, but anyway. Oh, boy. Would you like to inf- offend another um, group while you're at oh, it? Oh, come on. Every time you watch one of those movies and you see these, you know, these stupid teenagers making these really bad decisions and it's like, yeah, I think you're, you're going to deserve what's coming. <laughs> come on. Who, who watches these films and then goes for the teenagers? Who goes, no, 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 quick, get out the window. He's coming. You know, you just just waiting for Jason to come rampaging in and do his thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> probably says a lot about me. Yeah. <laughs> that probably wraps up the articulated news. I think it does. And we'll be right back with the next instalment of the AFB podcast game, Name That. <laughs> guys this is engineer nerd back with another installment of name that and uh last time we heard a sound that sounded a little something like this we have an emergency look out the prisoner is escaping launch the helicopter we're in hot pursuit we captured it yeah cool new police theme from batteries not included 
And I may have been trying to play a little bit here because I purposefully picked this sound to make it sound like a Lego commercial, even though it's not. This is a Playmobil commercial for their police action force. So if you guessed Playmobil, you were right. If you guessed Lego, you were close and you got exactly what I was hoping you would guess. Anyway, we will move on to this week's sound. My greatest pupil with a tail. I entrust this ancient keep it and the others from the evil emperor. And while fearsome creatures may stand in your way and be your lunch. We'll give that a listen one more time. My greatest pupil with a tail. I entrust this ancient keep it and the others from the evil emperor. And while fearsome creatures may stand in your way and be your lunch. And you guys know the drill by now. If you want to make a guess, where do you go? AFBforum.com. That's AFBforum.com. Come over there and make a guess. Sign up for the forum to one of the friendliest toy forums on the internet. That's right. I said it. And, uh, you know, guessing's fun, and you get forum points if you get them right. And if you would like to play the picture version as well, come on over to TVandFilmToys.com on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and we play the picture version over there. Same idea, but you get to look at it instead of, you know, listening to it. Anyway, thank you all. Welcome to 2014, and we'll be talking to you again soon. Peace out. from Playmobil. We have an emergency. Look out. The prisoner is escaping. Launch the helicopter. We're in hot pursuit. We captured it. Yeah. Cool new police team from Playmobil. Each set sold separately. Batteries not included. Now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. Each episode, we take turns looking at one toy or collectible in detail. These might be new releases, or we might talk about favourite or bizarre items from our collection. And this week, it's a double header, as Scott and I both received uh, not one, but two items of Bowen goodness. We're going to be talking about the Hobgoblin by the Kacharak Brothers and Rogue, the modern version, by Jason Smith. So, Scott... Wasn't it awesome? Two boxes. Did you get yours both on the same day? I certainly did from the Statue Marvels store. Is that where you got yours from? I did indeed. Aha. Uh-huh. Thank you, Statue Marvels. Yes, thank you. Yay. Statue Marvels, as we've mentioned before, um, have a, a store that doesn't just service international as in non-US people, um, but they do help us out with uh, exclusives that we wouldn't be able to get otherwise because of the uh, limitations on the Bowen website in terms of where they can sell. But they've now started uh, offering basically all of the Bowen releases, and I'm quite happy to support them um, because they do such a great job. They do. Yeah. So I got mine and picked them up yesterday, and I think we might start with Hobgoblin. Sounds good. Okay. So I I can't say Hobgoblin is a favorite character of mine, but I am really enjoying building up my Spider-Man uh, display all around that fantastic action Spider-Man that came out last year, um, with the, you know, Spidey and the brick wall and all that good stuff. And, uh, it's growing steadily. The full size Kingpin was the last edition before this one. And, uh, this is going to be a great addition on top of it. Um, 
In terms of the packaging and the collector friendliness of that packaging, I think Bowen Designs packaging is always pretty collector friendly. Um, although I don't know if you noticed, Ben, I noticed opening both of these statues that the styrofoam was really crumbly. Yes, yes. Which, this is um, one of the things I noticed as soon as I opened the Hobgoblin is this this new thing where instead of getting all the pieces between, say, two like a um, two piece foam packaging, you kind of get that little pocket uh, mm. on, on the back of one side and there's a little sort of square of styrofoam that just sort of slots over the top. Uh, and that particular piece, whenever I take it out, just essentially starts to fall apart. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously it's a budget thing because one thing, like I I know in years past I've noticed like a difference between, say, the Bowen styrofoam and Kotobukiya styrofoam, for example. Um, but obviously they're saving some money there. They brought back the top and bottom markers, which I really appreciate. Yes. Um, and But it, it was interesting. Both of these boxes that we opened had that little cutout piece. For Rogue, it was the base. But for Hobgoblin, it was actually the cape and head. Yes. Um, so it is definitely a way of reducing the size of the box, which I certainly appreciate both from a shipping standpoint and a, a storage standpoint. Um, and this is really beautifully done. I mean, Kucharit brothers are cream of the crop. They are, aren't With they? Bowen, I, I reckon, you know, they, they ha- get, get all of the kind of tricky design tasks, um, like Modoc and Mojo, etc. And so it's actually nice to kind of see them also doing just a standard, um, character. And, uh, this is so fun. Um, the, the cape and head are a, piece that magnetically attaches onto the base and then the body is a piece sorry not the base the body the body is a piece the body attaches to the base so three pieces um and uh, I, i'm really quite taken with this i love the the holes in the cape you know he's got a tattered cape with a few little um slots and holes in it which are beautifully mm-hmm. done mm-hmm. um and there's yeah, some really I <laughs> pardon <laughs> yeah, that, that that's one of, one of my criticisms. Okay, go, criticize away. What's wrong? Oh no, no. Uh, look, I'm I'm a huge fan of the Hobgoblin. Always have been. Uh, a lot of people sort of talk about the Green Goblin being Spider Man's sort of number one nemesis. But uh, as a, a wee lad and reading Amazing Spider Man, I came in um, literally when the Hobgoblin was introduced um, in uh, Amazing Spider Man two thirty eight. Um, I, I just I love Roger Stern's work um, on Amazing Spider Man. And so when this character was introduced, I just was completely captivated immediately. And every subsequent issue that actually had the Hobgoblin in it, I just couldn't wait to read it. And uh, um, John Romita Jr. did the original art and it was followed up um, by Ron Friends, who I've always liked. Um, So I I really got attached to this character and they made a a huge effort to keep his identity a a secret. And so I was fascinated as to, you know, who was um, under the the mask, so to speak. And, of course, that was completely ballsed up later on by Marvel (laughs) and it's really hard to sort of describe how they stuff that up. But um, the the Hobgoblin, the original one, is actually Roderick Kingsley, who was a uh, uh, sort of an entrepreneur, like a businessman that was introduced. Um, And and so, like, I've got a a real affinity for this character and and I've always enjoyed... um, um, 
adding it to the point where when he was actually killed in, in Amazing Spider-Man a few years ago, I actually wrote editor Steve Wacker an email and said how disappointed I was because it was done in such an offhanded way and um, I wasn't the only one that felt that way and, and they turned out they actually resurrected him, which was uh, nice to see. But anyway, getting to the point. Yeah, I was going to um, say, I'm... Yeah, I know, I know. The, I, I holes in the cape, a, dude, holes in the cape. <laughs> I wanted to set a bit of background. And <laughs> look, this... Um, this likeness is obviously based on the original sort of Roderick Kingsley Hobgoblin, like all the elements that, that um, you know, there's obviously been multiple versions of the Hobgoblin, but this is the original. But the original didn't actually have a tattered cape. That was actually something that came much later. Outrage. Um, ev- every piece of art that you see back in that period, he has a normal cape. Oh. Um, it was actually Todd McFarlane that started to introduce the tattered cape, um, and that was when it was a... Um, someone else had actually taken over the Hobgoblin and, and his look sort of changed slightly and okay. um, it wasn't just the cape that was tattered. So, yeah, to, to me that's a bit disappointing. And, I mean, it, it's hard to criticise because I knew that going into the statue, like it's not like I um, I didn't know that when I ordered it. Yeah. But uh, that, that's one of my, yeah. Well, being ignorant of that, I really like it. Mm. Um, mm. <laughs> the, I mean, I think it adds a lot and certainly in... Um, I can see why they chose to do it from a design perspective because it's just so cool. Um, the, the, but I mean, I have a similar, I I have a similar gripe about Rogue when we get there. So I understand. Um, the, the, the face is beautifully sculpted. Um, it's got a, you know, amazing amount of detail, including like, you know, individually defined teeth and, you know, all those things that sometimes you might find sculptures kind of glossing over. Um, he's got a, his little, uh, what do they call it? The pumpkin bomb. Yeah, his pumpkin bombs and yeah. his, his little sort of satchel bag. Yes, the satchel bag. And um, the paint on mine is really nicely done. Um, the There's a, a wash over the cape, which is um, very effective. And I really like the base of this as well. It's got a kind of bat on it and it's a little um, bronze sort of look to it. And I think it's going to fit really nicely in with the um, the Spider-Man display that i've got yeah 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 look i I think they've done a fantastic job um there was a lot of criticism when the the initial images first came up a lot of people sort of moaned and complained that they wanted him on his goblin glider um but obviously randy stuck to his guns and and made this a a museum statue rather than something sort of in between and uh, i'm glad he did i I really like it and i don't necessarily need the glider look i think the pose is fantastic he's got that sort of sort of creepy stance going on um, and like you mentioned, the paint, the, they've really gone out of their way with that sort of airbrushing on the orange but also on the blue to sort of bring out the levels. Like the cape really does have those multiple shades, which is mm. quite nice. And for me, there's there's a little bit of slop in the, the wash that they've used on his belt, on the brown belt, where it meets the, um, the orange parts of his costume. But other than that, the paint is actually beautiful. They've used some gloss um, in his eye lenses to sort of bring up the... The, you know, the shine in, in his eyes, and I think they've done quite a good job with that. Uh, I agree. I think that, I mean, I don't have that belt slop, um, but there's a there's a wash in the blue as well of his arms and legs, which brings out a real, some really nice detail. Mm. Um, and uh, beautifully, beautifully done. And these guys are not digital sculptures. They're classic sculptures. So, you know, it's a, um, a real... Feet, I think for me this this is a ten ten dollars out of ten. Yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, this is uh, limited to eleven hundred. Yep. So um, I think mine's about one ninety eight or something. 
Ooh. of of eleven hundred. And um, uh, look, I I'm going to give it nine and a half. Is it the, mm. is the half for the tattered cape issue? Yeah, it is. And and as I said, it's it's difficult because I knew going in to to this that that's that's the case. But oh, I sure, think... but it's, I mean, like it's not you know with Bowen, it's not like they're going to bring out a different one. Like that's probably this is it for Hobgoblin, probably. So mm. Mm. yeah, no, I just yep. I, I understand. I understand. Yeah. But, but this is this guy is quite up, uh, high up on on my list of characters that I, I enjoy. So it's nice to see him actually represented by Bowen. So. <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, moving on to our second of the evening, and that is uh, the Rogue modern version. Uh, Rogue has actually been done by Bowen Designs a number of times. In fact, not that long ago, mm-hmm. there was a, uh, I don't even know what she was referred to as. Was it just a 90s know. version? I mean, it was, it was the Art Adams style, but I don't know what it was mm, called. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm a, a very, very big fan of Rogue, so I'm extremely picky in, in what I actually pick up. And the, the Arthur Adams one, uh, as much as I, I'm, a, I'm a big, big fan of Rogue's kind of black and green costume periods, as there was a, a period sort of through from the um, the early 80s through where she had variations on a theme, um, and that's still my favourite. But that Arthur Adams one didn't quite sell me. I wasn't quite sold on the pose, no. but also I don't think the hair quite... I just don't think it was particularly well executed. That that big buffy hair just didn't work. I mean, it, it works for Arthur Adams as an artist. Mm. Um, I just think in 3D form it didn't quite come out for me. So I actually skipped that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I found out they were doing a modern rogue and uh, it looks like they've gone straight with the, the current costume that, that she's getting around in in the various comics. Um, and that is the, uh, the green and white with the completely um, useless pouches on her <laughs> hips. I don't think we've ever seen what they actually do or I really just don't understand it because it throws off the aesthetics quite a bit. Um, when this statue first came up, again, there was a little bit of criticism from fandom um, and I think some of that goes towards both Bowen and uh, Jason Smith, the sculptor, uh, and that is that the original sort of prototype images that were shown show her flying and if you're actually up to date with your comics, you'd know that Rogue can't fly anymore. Yeah. Um, and, Professor, And hasn't flown since she had this costume that's exactly right, yeah. I mean, basically, uh, Professor Xavier helped Rogue um, overcome all the, the, the problems that have been plaguing her over the years, and she's now in complete control of her powers, but as a consequence, she actually lost the powers she inherited from Miss Marvel. So most of the time she gets around and she has no powers whatsoever except what she can take from somebody else. So uh, I, I guess the argument there is, um, hey, she could have easily taken someone else's power and, and is under um, flight, but I, I think more basic than that that just about you know rogue is always being portrayed as flying like it's in her previous bowen statue so i think people were sort of hoping for a, a museum statue um this is a huge piece it's it's quite big it's about 45 centimeters to the top of her head which is about 17 and a half inches tall because she's got that additional um, stand so there's that sort of clear sort of greenish resin that that's like i guess sort of meant to represent a bit of a uh, an air gust you know like she's taking off like the effects they used to use in the the 80s comics so she's up in the air and she comes in four pieces you've got the traditional disc base you've got the extension that i mentioned that goes between the base and her foot uh, and they all plug in fairly easily um, and then her her head scarf and hair are a separate piece and 
boy, we, was I nervous getting this one oh out of Oh, my gosh, the box. me too. I was so worried. Oof. So she's effectively ahead with these long <laughs> strands coming off. Um, <laughs> li- you've literally got this, this porcelain head with two long strands representing the scarf that's part of her costume, and her hair is tied back in a ponytail, which is also, you know, sort of accurate with what's happening in the comics. Um, so I, I was just terrified <laughs> getting it out. Yeah, it, it, and there's not much give in the the way that they've packed it mm. um, because you've got a bit of foam there. So, so there's not much give. I, I think that the scarf actually is made out of that slightly flexible uh, mm. material. But I, me too, I was, yeah, on hooks trying to remove this bit. Yes, and so uh, she connects. Uh, it's actually quite interesting because you you actually have to thread her right arm mm. between the scarf to sort of get it in place. And um, like most, similar to the hobgoblin, there's a magnet that actually holds her head in place. I found I had to sort of gently move it around a bit to get that that good sort of connection. Otherwise, her head sort of sat up a bit too high. But in the end, I was quite comfortable with how it fit. Um, this is limited to a thousand. As we said, it's sculpted by Jason Smith, who is a digital sculptor. Um, one of the things I was very nervous about when this was first solicited is being a white and green costume. The way that the, the the process would be undertaken is that she would be painted in green first, and then someone would come along with the white and then paint that last. So you've always got that little bit of um, you know that nervous. Oh, geez, you know, in the production phase, um, are they going to do a good job or are they going to slop it everywhere? And for the most part, mine's well done. Um, I think it could be a bit tidier. Um, than, than what they've done, but it could be considerably worse. So let's just say I, I was quite pleased with how it was done. Mm. Um, I think the face for me came out quite well. Um, we, we seem to be getting more and more definition in female faces than ever before, and so instead of just getting eyes that are painted on a flat surface, we're actually getting that that detail sculpted. And so her eyes are accurate. The the makeup on her, on her eyes are quite um, quite clean. Um, the shades of flesh, like they've obviously used an airbrush to, to create the multiple shades. And what you do start to worry with this kind of thing is that when they paint the hair, that you get sort of slop from the hair colour onto the face because if you wanted to touch that up yourself, it would be very difficult. I've got a tiny amount of slop, but fortunately they've painted the face last, so the slop is actually the other way around. I've got a little bit of flesh tone on the hair. Um, it's really not that noticeable, and, and I don't think I'd even bother going in to touch it up. So overall, for me, the the paint is is far uh, exceeds my expectations. They've done some beautiful airbrushing to really um, bring out some contrast in the in the green of her costume. Mm. Um, and, and I quite like the pose too. I think it's sort yep. of a, a majestic pose. Yep, I have no paint issues with the fi- the actual figure at all. But my ba- the green on my base is really blotchy it's got so she's got the kind of standard x-men uh bowen base but then they've painted the inner segments of the pie green and mine is not a consistent green it's got quite a bit of uh variance in it and i really noticed it um when i put it on so that's a bit disappointing yeah mine mine doesn't sound as bad as that uh, or maybe um you know, maybe they are exactly the same, but to me, it almost looks like they've tried for some sort of water effect 
it's it's almost like it's you know you're looking through a grill into sort of a greeny liquid. Mm. Um, it's kind of like I've got a, a glossy element to it. Um, I, I don't know, maybe you know the uh, you know the mansion's toilets have overflowed or something like that. <laughs> I don't quite know what's going on. Um, fortunately, the, the the flying effect covers a lot of that base, yeah, so yeah. it won't be immediately noticeable. She's a slight topple risk, I reckon, because she. I mean, this mm. this uh, statue is so tall. What did we work out? Uh, she's seventeen and a half inches or forty-five centimeters tall. Yowza! So you know this is quite quite tall, and she's got a bit of a wobble. So you know, I wouldn't be putting her up on a top shelf anywhere where she could fall off because she's got a bit of a got a bit of a topple risk. I think. Yeah, I actually put her together down the other end of the house. So for the for the review tonight, I actually had to carry her through the house, and I must admit, I was getting a little bit nervous and, and regretting my decision to <laughs> to put her together down that end. Um, I mean, she's reasonably well balanced once you sit her down, but I, I don't know, sort of, you know, if there's any shaking uh, going on in your house, whether that would actually have an impact. Well, we have had an earthquake here in Melbourne in my time since I lived here. <laughs> um, so, in which all my, you know, it was minor, but all my display cases, like the the glass rattled in them, and um, mm. so I had initially thought because I do have on, in my Bowen display, I do have them on top of my the 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 shelves as well as in them, and because she's so tall, I thought she would look really good up there. But now that I've kind of seen it, I'm thinking. Yeah, I don't know. I also have cats. Not that they've ever hopped up there, but if they did, yeah. So, um. <laughs> yeah, I think my my only. I mean, I I love Rogan all their incan incarnations, should I say? In incantations. And I'm still waiting for that. You know, that definitive version for me. And I guess what. Bowen still has in his, his back pocket and I, I know would be a huge seller is doing a, a museum version in the Jim Lee costume. Um, I think any version of the Jim Lee costume, whether it's um, whether it's museum or action, would be a seller. And so to think that he can still pull that out later on, I think, is uh, a bit of a feather in his cap. But, I mean, I'm really happy with this. But I think my single biggest criticism is she's just big. Yeah. Um, there's been a few comments lately about some of the Bowen statues coming out in, inconsistent uh, as far as size goes. I mean, really, you know, this this is a universe building thing. You want to line mm. these characters up, mm. and occasionally you do sort of line up a couple of statues and think, "Gosh, I didn't realise just how big slash small that particular statue was." I think I mentioned it about the tomb of Dracula, just how gigantic um, he actually came out. But just looking at Rogue compared to some of the other statues, she does probably seem a good half an inch bigger than she should be. I think if you put her next to something like the museum Psylocke, you, you would see just how um, big she really is. Oh, uh, but the museum Psylocke is tiny. That's what I mean. You'd see oh, yeah, a yeah, massive yeah. contrast between. Yeah. But that one's, that's too small. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and that's when you're going from one extreme to the other. And, and yeah. you know, if, if you are putting an X-Men display together, you'd, you yeah. know, you'd have to put some distance in between them. Yeah, for so. sure. The, it is a shame, I think, well, I don't know. I do think we've had three action rogue statues now, mm. you know, so and I think that a museum one is well due and perhaps it will be the Jim Lee version. That's really not a favourite costume of mine. I know it's the, no. you know, the most iconic in terms of people's memory, but, you know, I I really don't like it. Like, yeah, I've, I've never been a, a big fan of that sort of big big hair, curly yeah. hair sort of look and the, um, 
you know, I think it was reasonably well done with a sideshow premium format, um, debacle aside. Um, but, you know, other than the size, I mean, she is only a small girl. She's only meant to be about sort of five foot eight. So um, other than that, I don't know. I'm, I'm having a hard time really faulting it. I think you've got a good point with the balance. So, um, you know, I think Dolly rating, I'm probably going to go nine out of ten. See, I'm going to – I'm – I really don't like this paint issue on the base and I don't like the topple issue. And <laughs> I, I also, I mean, I, I really like the statue and I, I love Jason Smith's work. I think in terms of the, uh, the guys that usually get the female characters, um, for Bowen, for me, you know, Mark Newman, uh, and Jason Smith are my, um, my favorites, Tim Miller, mm-hmm. you know, there as well. Um, I, I feel like also for me, at least, I don't know if it's the design or my statue that her makeup on her face is a little overdone. Like her cheeks are really pink. Um, yeah, they're a bit and, rosy, aren't they? Yeah, and particularly in comparison to the little bit of exposed flesh on her arm, it looks really different. Oh, um, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to go seven on this. Seven? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I just, yeah. I can see Justin right now. He's like fist pump. Yeah, <laughs> he's going. Yes, I've taught him well. I did, you know, I mean, I think that because again, you know, we, we, there's a standard to adhere to, and I think that you know the the topple thing. It's a lot to pay for something that could fall over. Mm. Um, I don't, and I think that the little uh, flying action thing is not as secure on this as some of the other statues that use that effect. I don't like this. Uh, designs, but oh, sorry. My other issue as well is that <laughs> the sorry the um, the flying effect, and I guess this is partly because of the height. There is a you know, it's a green translucent effect, and then it's held in place by a white peg, well, silver peg, which is visible through the flying effect. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sort of bother well, me. That it much. bothers me, and this is my dolly rating. You're intruding <laughs> on. Thank you very much. Um, well, it doesn't bother me because you know the the flying effect is is kind of redundant because, you know, it's not if someone could fly, it's not like you would see a, a green trail behind them. Whatever. Well, I'm moving very quickly. <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm going I'm to go. I, I like it. It's my favorite Bowen Rogue statue, but I'm going to go seven. Fair enough. And what number was yours? Oh, I don't. Oh, don't, pick, don't pick it up. Not on, not <laughs> just, on air. Just let me check. <laughs> Crash. Cry. <laughs> my Hobgoblin was 401. And my rogue is three ten. Okay, I think mine was one twenty six or something. So. Man, how come you got? Not that I care at all, but no, I don't know. That's just all over the place, isn't it? Considering they all, you know, you'd think the same shipment going to Statue Marvels would be all fairly close together. <laughs> anyway, I think we've, I think we've done this. <laughs> we have. Just, yes, out, of, out of interest for you guys, in the pictures that I've seen of these two on the web. They both look like their necks must be extraordinarily long. Like if you, Rogue's got the scarf thing around and that kind of disguises it and Hobgoblin's got his cape and whatever. But looking at it, it looks like they, the neck, to me, when I look at it a bit closely, it looks like they'd have to have extraordinarily long necks to fit the poses that they've got them in. I, th- I thought that with Rogue, and I mentioned that earlier, that the way you sort of slot her head into her neck, you'd have to sort of be careful, and I had to sort of finagle mine a bit before I got it to fit nicely. But but once it's um yeah once it's in and it's set, I think it's fine. Okay. Yeah, I th- I do see what you're saying, Adam. I think probably without the the scarf, without the cape, they would have extra 
uh, slightly larger than normal Nick's. <laughs> mm. yeah, very good, very good. All right, well, that wraps up the Toy of the Week, and when we come back, we'll be talking about the new items that we've added to our collections this week. Look out, it's Jackie Chan! Oh, no, Shadokan! I have to split! With Jackie Chan, the high-octane martial arts never stops! Shadow can come flying! What goes up must come down! Action-packed figures from Jackie Chan Adventures, each sold separately. Well, we're all here because we collect. We like to buy stuff. So feeding the addiction is where we take the time to check in with each other and discuss any new acquisitions or pre-orders that we've made. Adam, what you got? I got a wonderful gift for Christmas, which was the NECA uh, Michonne and Pets uh, black and white bloody three-pack, although it's not really black and white, it's really black and a little bit of grey and a little (laughs) bit of red. Um, Black and white and blood. It it looks pretty good. The pets don't stand that well, um, and it's one of those things I'm going to have to make sure I get it in the right lighting because being a very dark thing, it's hard to see details in it. Hmm. So they're, they're not as creepy in black and white as the... Uh... Nah, you, you don't have to see the underpants for a start. Nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, that is a plus. Yeah. Very nice, very nice. What about you, Scott? Well, I got the two Bowens, and then my Christmas present was the Sideshow uh, six-scale Yoda Jedi Master figure and set with all his little... Ah, nice. Yeah, pieces, yeah. you know, this chair and all that stuff. He's great, great fun. Very so nice. Certainly not going to hang around waiting for Hot Toys to do a Yoda. <laughs> so I thought that would be cool, and I'm really glad I got it. Excellent. Yeah. Very good. Well, uh, yeah, so I obviously had a, a bow and a horrific week, um, two statues in one week. Um, the other thing I picked up is uh, I've mentioned a few times in the past that I'm a big fan of Stan Lee. Um, just think, you know, he, he's fun. And um, Funko announced that they were doing a series of five exclusive pop vinyls of Stan Lee and that each one would be a convention exclusive. Uh, the first one kicked off with the New York Comic Con and then shortly after that there's the Stanley Kamikaze, Kamikaze Expo um, and uh, I think they were limited to 500 each and sold as convention exclusives. Um, and so uh, wanting to pick those up, I've been sort of stalking them on eBay and, and managed to pick both of those up. Um, and, and they're fun figures, but uh, I shall talk about them more shortly. Oh, <laughs> and we all know what's coming next, so it can't yes. be good. Coming up, we're going to find out who our latest red card is. What is this bizarro world? Well, red card, it is a chance to poke fun at the WTF moments in our hobby, be they unusual announcements, a complete fail action figure, or something worse. And handing out the penalty this week is me. So over to me. Well, strangely enough, 
Mine has to do with Funko. <laughs> and I uh, mentioned the Stan Lee ex- pop vinyl exclusives. Uh, I was very excited to pick these up and add them to my little sort of Stan Lee collection that I have. And uh, the first one was an exclusive at the New York um, Comic Con in 2013. So I stalked it on eBay, picked it up for a, not a bad price. It's a matter of finding one with good postage rates. And uh, he turned up in the mail and a fantastic little figure, typical Funko pop vinyl. Final. Um, it's Stanley. He's sort of pulling his shirt open to show the New York Comic Con logo. There's a, a little sticker on the front that shows that um, this is a, an exclusive, a con exclusive. A uh, little sort of zero one up in the top right corner because it's the first one of five, and you know, all, all very fun. And uh, quite quickly after that, we had the uh, Kamikaze Toy Expo, which was going to be the second Stan Lee figure. And uh, Stan is um, pretty much, it's the exact same figure, but Stan's just produced with some different colouring. Obviously, his shirt and his pants are different colours, and when he's opening his shirt, he's revealing the, uh, the Kamikaze logo. And so once again, I stalked this one on eBay until I found one for a good price and uh, I bought the sucker and had it shipped and I opened the box and I was looking at it and then something strange leapt out at me and that was that the number up in the corner, which Funko are sort of quite um, quite deliberate with in their, their numbering system, was uh, zero one. And I thought, well, this is strange. And then I realised that it's a blue box, which was the exact same as the uh, the New York um, Comic Con box, and I thought, have I been scammed? Has you know, <laughs> has, has this been opened and someone sent me the wrong thing? So I quickly jumped on eBay and did a search, and sure enough, every uh, every listing that showed this figure had exactly the one that I was holding in my hand. Um, and then I actually realised that Funko have just used the same box again. Wah, wah. Now it's not like they've just forgotten to update the number. I mean, this should have been zero two, but the colouring is exactly the same. Even the serial number on the bottom of the box is exactly the same. Um, So they've made no effort whatsoever to produce uh, a unique box to go with the second of five figures. Um, I figure it'd be, you know, a different colour. They'd obviously put the 02 to indicate it was the second figure, that they'd have a, a different convention exclusive sticker. But no, the box in its entirety from top to bottom is exactly the same as the New York Comic Con one. Um, So, you know, for me, that's really, really disappointing because the question that comes to mind now is when the third one comes out, um, will they have updated it and gone, you know, sorry about that, we'll get it right now uh, and the box will come out, it'll be a different colour and it'll have 03 on it. So when I look at my collection, I'll have 11345. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or do they go, oh, okay, yeah, we've we've balls that up, but now because we want to be consistent, we'll just release the rest of them, um, you know, with the, the same box and then you'll have the same incorrect boxes for every figure. So it's kind of, um, you know, it's, it's a lose-lose situation, uh, I think, from here on out. And, you know, I did a really good search on the net to see if I could find any information um, regarding Funko offering to supply correct boxes to people or, you know, you can, you know, maybe even charge people a few bucks and for a, the correct box and, and they'll ship it out to you. But I honestly couldn't find anything. I, I did find some discussions on some forums where um, they seem to indicate that uh, that Funko couldn't get the right box out in time, so they just reused the first one. Um, you know, How hard is it to print a box? I, I, that, that's what exactly what hmm. came to mind to me. So, um, you know, given the prices, 
prices um, that they're going for on the secondary market and, and sort of how collectible these pieces are, really, really disappointing and something that we just you know wouldn't expect from Funko. No. They should be careful because I seem to recall the someone uh, stopping collecting Marvel Universe because of numbers. Well, it doesn't help. Um, you know, it, it's well known that, that I have CDO. Um, it, it's, it's like OCD, but the letters are in order like they should be. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, it's uh, just a, a really quite disappointing. And I guess if you're an opener, that's that's fine. You'd open them up and put them on your shelf and no one would know the difference. But, um, you know, Funko really do go out of their way to produce nice-looking packages for their figures and, and they're so easily... Um, displayable and stackable that, you know, it's really not that difficult to, to leave them on your shelf in the box. So, um, yeah, quite quite disappointing from these guys. And, and I think, uh, Funko, you've just scored our very first red card. So coming up after that well-deserved fail is our discussion topic of the week. X-Men Origins Wolverine. It's all about the claws. Now the unstoppable power of Wolverine could be in your hands. With Clawsome Wolverine action figures, the bad guys are tough, but the claw-popping superhero Wolverine is the toughest there is. X-Men Origins Wolverine action figures and vehicles. Well, we're up to our discussion topic of the week, and for this episode, we're doing another one of our toy histories. It's where we take an in-depth look at a particular character, and we have a bit of a chat about the different action figures, statues, busts, and a sort of other oddities that that character has had representation over the years. And for this episode, we decided we should uh, do some DC love, and staying away from the uh, the Trinity, uh, not to mention Green Lantern and the Flash, because of the... Uh, excessive amounts of product that's been produced over the years. We decided to go for a bit of a B-lister, and we've gone with Mr. Oliver Queen, the Emerald Archer, a.k.a. Green Arrow, which, you know, in theory sounded like a good idea until we actually started <laughs> looking into how much material has been produced for this guy. And uh, Ouch. I don't know about you guys, but I was actually quite surprised with the volume. I, I can't believe it. When I saw the... Uh, list, which thank you very much for putting it together. I was thought there must have been a mistake. Yeah. But then when I looked, I was like, yeah. And not only did I look at it and go, oh, yeah, there's a lot. I looked at it and went, yeah. And I um, I have most of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the action figure list Far just out. kept on growing. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, let's kick things off and just say uh, without any kind of um, surprise that he has had his own Mego figure. Um, dating way back to uh, 1974, and uh, and look, you know, it's typical Mego. He's got the uh, the goofy two tone costume, and uh, you know, it is what it is, basically. It is what it so is. He's got. Uh, I think it's actually quite amusing that you can see his pupils. He's got that startled look, and <laughs> you know, the, the two tone costume really isn't working for him, is it? The thing that's always cracked me up about this one as well is um, his. Uh, goatee and how far up it yes. curls. Like it's a yes. really sticky outy goatee. Yeah, it's almost like you could lose it as a little biscuit holder or something, <laughs> couldn't you? Yeah. And, uh, but um, not surprisingly, if we fast forward a decade, we get to Kenner and uh, good old superpowers and Green Arrow got some love there. And once again, I don't know that he translated particularly well. He's, he's certainly barrel-chested. He's uh, That was one of my favourite superpower yeah. figures, though. Was it? <laughs> yeah. No, it was because he had a groovy action too. Like, I can't remember what he it was. He lifted but... the bow up. Yeah, he lifted his bow he came up. With his bow and he lifted uh, it up. And I think he had 
there was a little plastic green arrow, I think, that plugged into the bow as well. Well, there you go. From memory. That is actually, you've actually kicked something off, Adam, which um, is quite interesting when you look at subsequent figures over the years. And one of the criticisms that poor old Green Arrow gets whenever a figure is released is the bow. Um, In particular, you know, we, we had the four horsemen talking about the decision for the DC Universe Classics um, Green Arrow figures to come with or without the arrow attached. I mean, most people just want to be able to have a bow and they want separate arrows, but apparently it's a safety issue uh, in Mm. having a working bow or or something that could potentially, um, you know, pull the arrow back and release it as a safety. So um, quite often with these figures, you'll actually see that the arrow is already sort of stuck permanently to the bow, either sort of um, drawn back or, or sort of a, in a relaxed position, which so, is, uh, yeah, plagues a lot of the figures. But um, DC Direct, not unsurprisingly, have produced the odd figure over the years, and I really didn't realise just how many figures they've done. There, there's about sort so of eight or nine. Many. Mm, quite a few, quite a few. Um, and, and not just um, the stylized ones either. I mean, there's obviously they, they brought out sort of the Michael Turner Identity Crisis one, and there was uh, the, you know, the new Frontier uh, one. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Alex Ross got a look in with his JLA series, mm. um, which I think is, is actually one of the most detailed. I think when you look at the Alex Ross one, the, the sort of the drapery and, and wrinkles in his costume are, are quite realistic. I think styling-wise, that's one of the better designed figures. Yeah, the my, my favourite has always been the Hard Travelling Heroes one by DC Direct. Um, yeah. You know, it has an issue because it is um, not very poseable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is the kind of pre um like really early DC direct articulation where uh, his legs are really stuck in a a particular position. So he's a little bit hard to actually stand up, Um, but it's just such a great figure and it comes with some great accessories. Um, But, you know, I think that uh, it was bested by the Mattel DC universe classics one later on. That hard traveling heroes, despite the awkward pose and the, the complete and utter lack of posability, I think they captured the Neil Adams look quite well. Oh, beautifully! Yeah, yeah beautifully. Yeah. Did a very good job there. Um, the one that doesn't work for me much at all is um, the Identity Crisis one. Um, the Michael oh. Turner, just that. It just doesn't translate particularly well. Also, I think the history of the DC Universe one, that that buck in particular, works well with characters like Superman, but for some reason with Green Arrow it just looks really awkward and Mm. I can see why that line sort of folded quite quickly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, The um, Green Arrow and Speedy Box set from DC Direct is another favourite of mine. Mm. Um, You know, those... Those uh, sets that they did with the sidekicks, you know, Wonder Woman, Wonder Girl, Aquaman, Aqualad, uh, are just so much fun, even though, you know, they're not brilliant uh, figures in and of themselves. Um, you know, really, really good fun. And that uh, Speedy, of course, is, um, <clears throat> you know, the, 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 the smaller kind of younger version of, of Roy, and uh, it's, you know, it's good fun. 
Yeah. And, and I mean, do you have a particular um, preference when it comes to Green Arrow's costume? I mean, there's obviously the there's the original costume, then there's sort of the, the updated sort of Robin Hood style costume, and then eventually on to sort of the, the classic, um, you know, hooded, maskless, um, you know, Green Arrow, and then a combination of the two. I, I'm kind of anti-hood. I like the, you know, the Neil Adams and Satellite era Justice League mm, Green yeah. Arrow. That's my, you know, my favourite. Yeah, I actually realised when I was putting this together that I just I don't really have a preference. Uh, I, I like the character and I like having him in a in a collection, particularly the DC Universe classics. It's great having him in there with the rest of the team. But um, I have the the first one um, in in my display simply because it came first, so he's on the shelf. And then when later when the hooded one came in one of the last waves, I think twenty or whatever it was. Um, I just didn't have any overwhelming desire to replace him. No. So, no. What, what about you, Adam? I know you, you know you're not exactly the world's biggest Green Arrow fan. I like the um, the Robin Hood outfit with the two tone green. I think that's mm. a classic. Like with the the big V down the middle, and if you have to have it, the bit of crisscross is fine with me. I don't like the red and green. I think that looks awful. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's a bit and dark. I don't like I don't really like the hood either. It's kind of meh. Like mm. a I understand why you would have a hood if you were going to be Green Arrow, but it kind of, to me, it never really fit with his personality of kind of being a bit of a... He, he often acted a bit like a lovable buffoonish rogue at times. <laughs> so it would make sense that he would want to dress up like Robin Hood because it yeah. kind of fits with him and his character. Mm. The um the hood has a, you know, has a place because the Longbow Hunters um, mm. miniseries is a classic Green Arrow story, but it's not my... Not my cup of tea. Mm. Yeah. One of the things when we compiled this list that we made an effort to avoid were sort of any of the, the sort of, I guess, the, you know, the extreme outside representations of Green Arrow. We haven't actually included um, anything from, the, you know, the new TV series um, or anything like that. We're sort of mainly going comic inspired. Mm. Um, one of the ones I did include because I just think it works really well. While I, a minute ago I said that the the artist inspired ones didn't work particularly well such as the um, the Michael Turner the one that I actually did think worked particularly well is the um, the Alfred E Newman mad figure I think um, for some, for some reason I think he just translates very well to Green Arrow so he's, he's quite goofy I so. just, I cannot stand those I cannot <laughs> express how much I hate those toys. Wow, you use the H word. I that's, hate them. I don't that's just harsh. dislike them. I just think that they are so dumb. <laughs> I cannot tell you. I, do, I could sp- spend an entire podcast talking about oh, how much just, I hate them. You've just ruined the special event for episode 100, haven't you? <laughs> yeah. Oops. Sorry. Yeah, you've got that to look forward to now, guys. <laughs> All right. Well, well, how about we move along before Scott gets too upset? Um, I'll, 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 I'll go all rage on you. <laughs> you watch out. One of the ones I did think worked really, really well was the uh, DC Direct 30-inch um, one. You know, it was one of the, the better of the team. Uh, one, Sorry, one of the better of their releases. I don't know that his hat fits particularly no, well. No, I was just about to say, except that the little hat was too small. Yeah, 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 but certainly um, coming with all those extras, you know, the yes, bow, great. the arrows, everything like that um, was actually one of the standouts from that series. Great. 
Um, and look, you know, uh, going a bit small on six inch, he certainly had his representation. Um, one of the ones that, that I remember, of course, was the classic where we're obviously sticking with Oliver Queen, but there was actually the Total Justice five inch Connor Hawk figure and, and that, that classic, gosh, they were badly articulated, badly posed figures. Uh, I don't know that we want to talk about that for too long, but um, certainly there's been plenty of three and three quarter inch love. Um, oh, I don't know whether you, you know you can include something like the the DC Pocket Heroes, but also sure. Mattel's Infinite Heroes, um, the recent uh, Injustice um, two pack with Deathstroke the Terminator in that sort of modern look. And it's interesting that his modern DC new look is almost based on the uh, the Connor Hawk. You know, he's got that sort of Connor Hawk hairstyle. And... He does, yeah. It's kind of a mix, isn't it? Mm, it's very odd. It's like yeah. everyone wanted Connor Hawk back, so they just went, "Hey, let's just redesign yeah. <laughs> Green Arrow to look like Connor Hawk." And you know, mm, anyway. And he has uh, had a a new Fifty Two figure as well. Yes, in that, yep. that new, from DC Collectibles. Yep. 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 And at the same time, that was kind of coming out. We also had um, Mattel's short-lived DC superheroes. Um, Silver Age, that that was that sort of Mego-esque homage line, a nine-inch figures. Uh, he managed to sneak into that before the line was cancelled. Yeah. But I certainly think for me, as far as, as, as articulated action figures go, really Mattel's DC Universe Classics nailed it with both, oh, totally. both of their figures. Um, totally. Yeah, they did a very, very good job. So, um, And also uh, Justice League Unlimited. That, that was a, a, a long line, and uh, he got some pretty good love there. He had his regular figure. There was a version that was released. Um, there was a version released where he was on his uh, on his bike, and there was also one in the 10-inch line that they did as well. Yeah, the great, great fun. Great fun. Yeah. So, anyway, we've got lots more to cover, and uh, you'd think that Green Arrow probably didn't have a lot of love in the busts and statues department, but um, he hasn't done too bad. No, he's got a uh, DC um, Direct Heroes of the DC Universe bust, which I've got right here in my display, and which is just an awesome, uh, awesome figure. Um, you know, it's a got a, a, such action to it um, because he's holding his bow, you know, up in the air, and then he's obviously just fired an arrow. Um, so beautifully, beautifully done, and um, the. And then there is a a modern, I guess a New Fifty Two bust as well, which I don't think is out yet. I think it's a, still a pre order. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I, I must admit I haven't seen that out either. No, um, which I won't be owning. the The reason that I have that here is the DC Universe bust is because I have not yet um, procured the uh, very early DC Direct. Um, Tim Bruckner, Green Arrow statue, which is just a beautiful, beautiful. It is. That's the one where he's got his foot up. Um, yeah, beautiful. Yeah, they, they made a, a mini statue version of that a couple of years ago, um, and uh, but I, which I nearly bought, and then I thought, nope, nope, I'm gonna wait until I find that beautiful statue on eBay for mm. a semi reasonable price i have the aquaman that came out around the same time yes yes and uh, he's waiting for green arrow to display with him um those beautiful statues that they did early on that are more in that kind of bowen scale yeah um yeah. which someday but there is a there's a dc universe online statue which is hooded 
Um, so if you're a hooded fan, you can have Green Arrow hooded statue. And strangely enough, when I did a when I found that one and followed the link, it took me to some web page called um, Action Figure Blues where there was a review of it. No way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah I've heard that guy's a bit of a dick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But oh well. <laughs> There was also the um, DC Direct, the Justice League Unlimited marquettes that they did. Those oh, yeah. Yep. Very museum-y, stand up, right arms by your sides, um, animated style. Uh, he managed to sneak into those as well. Indeed. Indeed. And then I guess there's the all the other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Action League, um, you know, which is very cute. There's the very old... Uh, get, getting on now the you know PVC sets that um, DC directed early on. There was a Green Arrow in that one, yes, and indeed. Eagle Moss, of course. I think there's um, been a couple. Yeah, there was the regular Eagle Moss, but then they did another one as part of the Eagle Moss DC chess pieces. Yep, that's a new Fifty Two one, isn't it? Mm, yeah, mm. cool. Um, he's had his mini mate for the much grieved for. Uh, DC Minimates collection, which certainly did not live long enough. Um, and once again, he was partnered with Deathstroke yeah. Terminator. I don't know what's going on there. Mm. Well, I yeah, suppose but... it's either that or Black Canary normally. Yeah. Um, Pocket Heroes, Hero Wait. Clicks. How many Hero Clicks has he had, Adam? He actually has many. Yeah, it's not surprising. It's a matter of how many of them are actually unique. But... Yeah, because he also even managed to get a brightest day. Um, white costume version mm. out as well. It was limited. So, yeah, there was about a half a dozen of those. Hmm. And, uh, oh, those paperweights, the Justice League Unlimited paperweights. They were fun. I've got the Aquaman one. Hmm. I didn't didn't know this existed. Oh, really? Yeah, mm. I remember them. I mean, that's such a weird thing to produce. <laughs> mm. Like, you know, sitting around the merchandising meeting, like, what else can we do with this property? I know, we'll make paperweights. Like, ah, it's like I, I was sitting in my office earlier this week and I, I bumped a pile of papers that moved about two inches and I thought, if I only had a paperweight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, a bit strange. <laughs> cheap, they're kind of like, you know, cheap JLU busts, basically. Mm, they yeah. are. Yeah, but the Aquaman... I have the Aquaman, and you actually really can't use him as a paperweight because he doesn't actually um, stay upright very well. (laughs) Oh, dear. Hugely successful. I was going to say, it's like making tires, and it's like, oh, they didn't come out round. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah, what would people want to do with this? Mm. Yeah. Uh, What else? There was uh, an SDCC exclusive Lego minifigure. Lego? which I also didn't know existed. So I'm obviously not complete in my... When uh, is this from? I don't know. I found it. uh, My my link is broken, apparently. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, maybe uh, I'm just completely making that up. Uh, Adam uh, would know. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. (laughs) I missed it. It's Lego. Yeah, I don't know everything about it. Uh, Maybe maybe it's not real. Maybe, Maybe it's not real. Maybe it's not real. Uh, no, it's real. It is. Ooh. It's real. Yep. It's an exclusive from last year's, like, as in 2013, San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah, that's why it's good to have a, uh, a yeah. good research assistant. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, complete with little Lego stubble. <laughs> yes. 
Oh, <laughs> that's kind of sad. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Oh, and let's not forget the um, classic uh, Fisher Price Imaginext. Yes, Arnold snuck, that, Arnold snuck that one in at the last minute. Good on you, Arnold. And of course, a Funko Pop final. Yeah, that one snuck through. Yeah, we own that in this household. Mm, that's actually nicely done. I quite like that one. Yep, yep. It's a very nifty looking pop. I mean, you know, a lot of the uh, the Funko Pop finals are a bit, you know, meh. Uh, but this one I think is nicely done. It's it's the hooded version, and uh, I think it came out quite well. It looks like he's wearing a beanie. Yeah, <laughs> but beside that, it's excellent. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's those little extras on his costume that that they have to sort of go out of their way to do. You know, just the the way the um the vest goes and uh, obviously the goatee and that sort of thing and yeah it came out quite well fun stuff yeah very nice indeed on the the Heroclix front i think there's about 15 different actual sculpts mm. um so then there'd be at least probably three different dials for each one of those so well, don't try and collect them all okay cripes we'll take your word for it it's a lot isn't it yeah so there you go. There's a uh, you know a, a 15 minute overview of the life of uh, Green Arrow in action figure slash statue slash bust form. Good job. Yeah, significantly job. more than I expected. Well, I mean, he's a pretty cool character. I think he's someone who usually gets a look in in a DC line if it goes for you know more than a few figures. So yeah, yeah, that's I suppose true. it's not surprising. But I really was not expecting. Yeah, we we haven't covered everything on the list. Like, I was really not surprised, expecting it to be that big. Yeah. yeah. Very good. There you go. Good job. All right. Well, that wraps up our discussion topic, and we'll come back in a moment with some feedback, and then we'll wrap the show up. Yay. Yay. Talking small soldiers. I am Archer, leader of the Gorgonites. Phrases like in the movie. Prepare for battle. And giant electronic talking chip. Major Chip Hazard reporting. The ultimate in hand-to-hand combat. Commandos, attack! Chips armed to the teeth. But Archer cuts him down to thigh. Small soldiers, big battle! New giant electronic talking Archer and Chip, each sold separately. Well, before we finish off, we have some feedback from our listeners to share with you. And if you'd like to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions on future episodes, you can email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com. And you may just hear it read out. And Scott, you've got something. I do. Uh, we had some feedback from our last episode, which was our um, highlights and lowlights of 2013 in episode 98. <clears throat> and Derek says, Hi guys, I enjoyed listening to the highs and lows of 2013 for you guys. While I can see plenty of things for people to take issue with, as far as the New 52 goes, people in tights beating up other people in tights certainly isn't one of them. Um, I think that is a uh, reference to um, some comments about the New 52 that Jeremy made, and I think that just reflects the the range of different views that we have from both the regular guys that do the podcast and then some of our friends that come and play with us occasionally. Um, so not certainly not representative of the entire views of the um, the team, but that was what Jeremy had to say. So um, there you go. And Adam. 
Yeah, so I have a, a wonderful email. It says, uh, Dear team, thanks for a wonderful year of podcast. Is it at all possible for the 100th episode to include listener dial-ins? We all would like to talk to you all very much. Thanks, closet fan. <laughs> Do you really want to talk to us? Really? Sure. There's, there's this whole form that you have to fill in before they even let you near a microphone, <laughs> uh, closet fan. So. Not to mention near us. Yeah, yeah that's right. Well... I mean, I think it's something that's a little bit tricky because of the time zone thing because, you know, a lot of our we, – we've got a lot of listeners in Australia. We have a lot of listeners elsewhere, and that could be tricky. Um, but we have, you know, done something in the past where we invited people to send in their uh, own reviews, and that's certainly something that we'd like to do again, probably not for 100, but we can definitely um, think about that for the future. Mm, definitely. Can I just mention as well in regards to episode 98 that um, we had a, a small uh, editing mishap and left poor Justin's year in review out of the show. And by the time this episode is up, we should have the uh, that edited in to episode 98. So if you would like to hear um, his Funny and insightful and witty. Uh, I haven't actually heard it, but I'm sure it's awesome. Um, <laughs> review of 2013. Please go back and re-download episode 98 to uh, listen to it. Thank you. Cool. All right. Sorry, Justin. Sorry, Justin. I thought we were just going to release it as 98.1. <laughs> and ask Marvel for money. Yeah. <laughs> you could do like 98S. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. All right. I think that brings us to the end. Thanks for your company, gents. Oh, it's been a pleasure as always. Awesome. Well, we'll wrap things up and we'll say goodbye. 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 Bye. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and downloaded direct at actionfigureblues.com by clicking on the podcast tab. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join in with all of the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, new releases, old lines, and engage in trades and sales in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, ShelfLife.net, and the Pop Culture Superstore, who help keep our site running. You can also find us on Twitter at AFBlues and on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. Okay, in five, oh, pardon me, <laughs> I just felt that coming and I couldn't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, in five, four, three, well, now it's, oh, I didn't, well, even, I didn't well, even pause, did I? Well, come. <laughs> <laughs> in five, four, three. hours on end and yep. I now thinking back you know they have the um 
the the toy hall of fame we talk about every mm-hmm. every year and you know they vote in some really odd things and yes. cardboard box you know got in a few years ago so that was kind of fun oh, to see too like yeah. it, it's hilarious how you know when they're little they don't care they're just as happy to have the other uh thing as they are to have that you know like they're just as happy to ha- holy shit i'm not making any sense <laughs> You're getting your wacken murds fuddled. I'm gonna, yeah. Let's. I'm <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted by something on the sideshow. <laughs> Fuzzy was he was a woman. <laughs> okay, I might count myself in and um, respond. What do you mean I'm black? <laughs> Does my mother know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to count myself in and make sense this time. I love that movie. <laughs> okay. Five. Four. 